you are here today, gathered with us for this time of worship. But, can I ask you, where do you find joy in life? What is the beginning, the basis of your joy? What about when you're not here? What is the beginning? What is, what is the focus of your daily life? But in another way, what, what is your life built upon? Everyone is building upon something. Putting one brick, as it were, upon another, moment by moment, day by day. What do you look for? For a sense of meaning, contentment, peace. What brings joy into your heart? Joy and praise unto your lips. I want us to look for a few minutes at the words of Colossians chapter 1, verse 18. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. From the context, we see very clearly that the apostle was giving thanks, verse 12, unto the Father, verse 13, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son. It is his dear son who is referred to in this verse. We looked at the opening phrase. Christ is the head of the body, the church. I want to pick up here. Looking at the fact that Christ is the beginning. Christ is the firstborn from the dead that in all things he might have the preeminence. And as we look at Colossians chapter 1, we have seen previously that Jesus truly is God. Verse 15, the image of the invisible God. He is the eternal Son. The monogenes, the only begotten of the Father. 
is above all things, and by him all things consist. But when we come to verse 18, we are focused upon his incarnation, his true humanity. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. Christ is risen. Christ is risen. This is the amazing event which transformed the disciples from sadness to joy. Think of the two disciples who were on the road to Emmaus. For them, for them, hope was a past tense. We had hoped. It was then that Jesus walked with them, opened the scriptures to them. They had the risen Lord in their presence. And their eyes were opened. And they understood who he was. And we hear them say, verse 22 of Luke 24, Did not our hearts burn within us? Jesus rose from the dead. But his resurrection presupposes that first of all he died. He truly did die. Sadly, there are many in our world who teach that Jesus never died. He was substituted for someone else on the cross. But he did die. His death is a reality. The crowd had cried out, crucify him, crucify him. And Pilate had sentenced him to death. The soldiers did nail him to that cross. Before the sun went down, we read, John 19 verse 32, Then came the soldiers and break the legs of the first and of the other which was crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was dead already, they break not his legs. But one of the soldiers with a spear pierced aside, and forthwith came there out blood and water. He was decisively proved to be dead. His body was taken and laid in that tomb. The great stone was rolled in front of it. It was sealed. There was a guard placed there, a guard placed by his enemies who wanted to prove that he would not rise from the dead. But what happened? Very early in the morning, on the first day of the week, when the women came to the tomb to anoint his body with those herbs, what did they find? The stone was rolled away! The stone was rolled away, and the tomb was empty! The tomb 
was empty. That grave had no claim upon him. The psalmist had said, Psalm 16, verse 10, For thou wilt not leave my soul in shale, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see a corruption. As the angel said, Matthew 28, verse 6, He is not here, for he is risen. We often, we often dwell upon our Saviour's sacrificial, atoning death on the cross. And that is so fundamentally important. But so is this resurrection. The tomb is empty. He rose. On the first day of the week, that tomb was found empty. Jesus himself had said, John 10, verses 17 and 18, Therefore doth my Father love me, because I lay down my life, that I might take it again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power uh, to take it again. This commandment have I received of my uh, Father. Jesus, the Eternal Son, came, born as a baby, He came to suffer and die. Jesus was laid in that tomb, his body cold and lifeless. But he must rise. And he did. He rose in triumph from that tomb. As Jonas had been three days in that great fish, so Jesus was in that tomb. And as Jonas was cast out onto the dry land, Jesus rose in triumph from that tomb. When Jesus appeared to Thomas, remember how Thomas had been absent? And Thomas had said, except I see, except I touch, I will not believe. Jesus graciously appeared to him a week later. Jesus said to him, reach hither thy hand and touch. Scripture doesn't tell us whether Thomas actually did. But Jesus' body was real. He truly had risen from the dead. 
during the next 40 days he appeared again and again to his disciples and we read in 1 Corinthians 15 verse 6 that on one occasion he appeared to above 500 at one time it was the certainty of the fact of Christ's resurrection which filled the disciples with joy and put praise upon their lips So, we have seen that Jesus is risen from the dead. The God-man died. Truly died. But then, truly rose from that tomb. Secondly, Jesus is the firstborn from the dead. We have to say carefully that Jesus was not the first person ever uh, to be raised to life again. We can see examples in the days of Elijah and Elisha. And we can see examples during the ministry of Jesus. Think for a moment of Lazarus. Lazarus, thy friend dead Jesus went to that tomb Jesus stood before the tomb the words of concern were raised he stinketh but Jesus spoke and said those words Lazarus come forth and Lazarus did he walked out of that tomb he was restored to life however Lazarus and the others they were restored to life they would face death again their resurrection was totally different to the resurrection of which Jesus experienced. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 42 There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. Jesus was raised bodily, but his body was transformed. He had a glorious resurrection. He rose never to die again. First Corinthians fifteen verse twenty. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. But every man in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, afterward they that are Christ at his coming. 
Christ as the first fruits. The first fruits of the season which guarantee that the harvest is coming. Jesus is the first. But everyone whose trust is in Christ will be raised. Today, we do not have resurrection bodies. We have bodies that are weak and frail and feeble. We have bodies which ache and grow old. But the day is coming when Jesus will come when the bodies of the saints will be raised to life once more. However, we should notice that today, whilst we don't have resurrection bodies, we should be experiencing something of resurrection power. Romans 8, verse 10 and 11. If Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by a spirit that dwells in you. Baptism gives us a picture of dying with Christ and being raised with Christ. Romans 6, verses 3 to 5. You know ye not that so many of us were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death? Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also in the likeness of his resurrection. But new life today, new life today, life because of the indwelling Holy Spirit is not that resurrection which is promised because Jesus rose from the dead and is the first fruits, we look forward with confidence, knowing the certainty of that resurrection promise. Christ is the head of the church, Christ is the beginning the firstborn of the dead. He is the cornerstone on which the whole church is built. What about you? Do you know the wonder, the wondrous truth, the wondrous certainty and hope of the truth that Jesus rose from the dead? 
is his death, burial and resurrection, the cornerstone, the foundation upon which your life is built? Does your heart rejoice in Christ? The wonder of his resurrection. Do you know the joy of fellowship with the risen Lord every day? Thirdly, we see that Christ has the preeminence. The Apostle had set forth in verses 15 to 17 of Colossians chapter 1 that the eternal Son had preeminence in creation. Now, he brings before us that he has preeminence in redemption. Yes, preeminence in the church. He who left the glory which he had with the Father, John 17 verse 5, before the world began, and Philippians 2 verse 7, made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. He laid aside his glory. He was born as a baby. He took upon him the form of a servant, meek and lowly. He went to that cross and died. His incarnation, his life of serving and teaching, his suffering, his death, his resurrection, were so that in all things he might have the preeminence. The first Adam failed. He sinned, he disobeyed, he rebelled. He brought sin upon all his descendants. But Jesus is the last Adam. He triumphed at every point. He came to do his Father's will, and he did. He humbled himself and became obedient even unto death, the death of the cross. We read that cursed is everyone that hangeth upon a tree. He had defeated Satan completely in the wilderness. He rose in triumph from that tomb. The grave had no claim upon him. He is now our great high priest. He has been given a name which is above every name. He is pre 
eminent. This is a sobering point. Stop and think. Have you bowed before him in faith today? Is he your Lord? I tell you this. The day will come. As we read in Philippians chapter 2. The day when every knee will bow. Let's read Philippians chapter 2 verses 9 to 11. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day to bow in worship. To bow in repentance and faith. But Jesus will sit in judgment and on that day every knee will have to bow and every tongue will have to confess that Jesus is Lord. But how solemn it will be to see him as your judge. To have to stand before him with your sins weighing you down. To hear To hear those terrible words. Depart from me. For I never knew you. Oh dear friends. We have glorious good news today. Jesus rose from the dead. He is the good shepherd that gave his life for his sheep. He is the risen good shepherd who calls his sheep. My sheep hear my voice. They follow me. Have you heard the voice of the risen Savior? Are you following him today? When we read the book of Revelation, we find great scenes of praise and thanksgiving and adoration. Revelation 5 verse 12, for example. Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honour and glory and blessing. As 
your heart rejoice today in the wonder of a risen Saviour. He who took your sin. He who gives new life. Because he paid the price on that cross. Because he has risen from the dead. Oh dear friends. I do hope that we are having our eyes fixed on Jesus. The risen Lord. He has gone before us. Here's the first fruits. He has risen. I do pray that our hearts will be rejoicing in faith. And our lips will be confessing that Jesus is Lord. Romans 10 verses 9 and 10 If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Turn away. Turn away from the things of this world. Fix your eyes upon Jesus. So much to distress us. So much that is horrific in our world today. But remember, Jesus won that victory. That tomb is empty. He is coming again. He will receive his own unto himself when we think of Jesus this wonderful victory we can rejoice we can praise and our hearts can be filled with hope Amen